Okay, welcome everyone. I'm Lisa Natoli. I'm here with Max Just, and I've been really off the grid for the last several months and have not done a single podcast since the Camino in 2018 when I really allowed that little walk to disrupt my entire life and my entire schedule. And this is the first time that I'm back with a recording. And I'm here with my awesome friend, Max Just, who's in Australia, and it's morning there. It is morning. It's 7 o'clock. And all is well. All is well. You just asked me what day it is, and neither of us know. (laughs) That's perfect. I'll find out soon enough. We'll find out soon enough. It's daytime. (laughs) That's all we need to know. Mm. So, you know... Max and I were on the phone last night and I was telling him about a workshop retreat that I just completed with Jennifer Hadley and Corinne Zuko. And one of the major takeaways that people were expressing was that they don't have a problem. And so I asked Max if he wanted to come on and and just talk about this. Because so many people think they have a problem. They think they have pain and difficulties and illness and sickness and loss and shame and guilt and blame. And it's just an incredible thing where you only have a problem if you think you have a problem. Like if you think something should be different than the way it's happening right now, that's the only way you can have a problem. That you you just think... It shouldn't be happening like this. I want things to go another way. And that's a problem. But when you just allow everything to be exactly as it is in the moment, you have no problems. And Mm. really, I have really found the joy of just being wherever, whatever the body's doing, no problem. Mm. I was watching um, this Rolling Stones documentary. And... I know this is not, um, you know, people being sick or having cancer or, you know, having different those kinds of illnesses or broken bones or whatever, but they're trying to put a concert on in Cuba and nobody's ever played in Cuba before. And it's been 80 years since a president has been, a United States president had been to Cuba and, and Cuba's sort of opened up so... The Rolling Stones are trying to put a concert on there and, you know, obviously, and it's a free concert. So, you know, you're going to see 100,000 people there and it's a huge stage and, you know, the huge production costs and everything that goes with that. All the people that are employed and, and, you know, the logistics. And they're getting close to the day of the concert. So it actually seems to be going ahead. They, they sort of know that, Nothing is going to happen until a contract signed, and 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 this is how Mick Jagger handles the problem, <laughs> and his manager, uh, which was really really interesting, um, because there's you know there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of people employed. There's a lot of money or everything that goes with it, and he's on the phone to his manager, and she says to him, you know, I. After 80 years of a president having never been there, Obama is arriving the day before your concert. So we're going to have to cancel the concert (laughs) because the Cuban government couldn't sort of really put their head around having the two events happening together. It was just too much, was too much uh, to do. So, and he's like, well, okay. <laughs> a president hasn't hasn't been here for eight years, and they decide to come on the day that we want to do our concert. He's like, okay, well, we'll just see if we can get another day. That's so good. <laughs> We're so casual and so easygoing. Mm-hmm. It could have been like, you know, I'm going to start tearing my hair out. Of what's, you know, like this is this is a disaster and everything that goes with that. So anyway, they moved their date to the 25th of April or 25th of March, whenever it was. And then the 
and then the Pope comes out <laughs> and lambasts them because they're having a concert on Good Friday. <laughs> they didn't know it was Good Friday, Easter Friday. But, um, you know, and the Pope wanted, you know, wanted them to cancel it. In that case, they didn't cancel it and they went ahead with the concert. But um, uh, it was just interesting to see how somebody like that deals with problems mm-hmm. Which you know, these are this. It's a huge thing. It's a huge undertaking, yeah. and it's always about perception. How you perceive the problem, how you perceive the ideas around it, rather than the problem itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going on from there, when you when you're in this present moment, and you start to, and, and you can see where you are, where you're sitting. You ask yourself the question, you know, where is my problem now? Mm-hmm. Like in the now, in this moment, where is the actual problem? Where does it exist? Now, we can say, well, you know, I perceive it in a certain way. So I, I feel, so when I perceive it, I create and I make up these feelings that are attached to it. But that's not a present moment. That's a past idea or a future idea. When you're now, when you're in this moment, then you can recognize that the problem's just not there. You don't even have to recognize the problem's not there. It's just not in your realm of perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a similar thing happen yesterday. I'm working on a project with my friend Janine. We've been writing a book for several years on changing your attitude toward food and fitness, and it's been it's been like six years in the making probably and years ago i spent a ton of money putting a website up i hired a designer i probably spent i don't know fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars or something on it but it just wasn't happening so i found out yesterday i'm ready to launch it and i found out that I just must have missed a deadline somewhere and it's not online anymore. Like it's, I guess it got stopped hosting a year ago. You're supposed to pay like $300 for hosting and I must not have done it. So I got on the line with the customer support. I was like, okay, I'm ready to put my website back online. I hope it's as easy as me giving you a credit card and voila. And he's like, all right, let me have a look. And he says, I'm so sorry. It's totally gone. It's not, it's been over a year. It's gone. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) what now? And he says, well, you need to pay for hosting again. It's $300. And then you need to build it from scratch. And I'm like, okay, perfect. You know, like no problem. But most people would think, are you kidding me? Why is why was it not backed up? And but when you can stay so in the moment, like, all right, they can't find it. Either I can be upset right now, or I can just take the next step in front of me. And it it, it goes to the question, you know, is it imaginary or is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it is this your just just your imagination? Or is it true? Is a website anything more than just an idea that, you know, before you had the website, you didn't think about it. You wasn't, exactly. it wasn't, you weren't attached to it. You didn't attach yourself to mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I used to think about that, about relationships. You know, you have, you have relationships and, you know, you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you break up and you're so attached to that person that you have all the emotions that go with that breakup and you have all the different different uh, jealousies and things that go with that. And I would always think, you know, I would have all those experiences and on the side I always would think, well, I didn't know this person before right. that. Yeah. And yet somehow I've attached myself mm-hmm. to the idea as if it's a permanent idea and it's a real thing and it must stay in a particular way. It's only my problem when I attach myself to it 
in a way that says to me or I say to myself, it must stay this way. It shouldn't be another way. And yet I'm being presented with the way it is. Mm-hmm. And if you recognize that you choose the, the, you choose the way it is, then you're not fighting against it. Then you're not yeah. resisting it. Yeah. This is what has been chosen and this is what you've chosen. So therefore it must be okay. It's if you keep fighting it and resisting it, then you'll keep yourself in that zone of all the things that are attached to that Mm. in the past. And it's all past ideas and it's all future ideas rather than present ideas. And there's so many things that we attach ourselves to in that way, you know, like uh, it could be, uh, you know, I read about a painter who didn't, who didn't want to sell his painting, like somebody offered him the money and he didn't want to sell it because he was attached to it. Mm -hmm. And he'd attached himself to this, this, uh, painting, which he now must carry around with him everywhere. Sure, he likes it and, you know, he did a great job and it's a beautiful painting. Um, but it's that idea of attachment that that uh, keeps you in a place where you think nothing should change. Mm-hmm. Everything should stay the same. And, of course, nothing stays the same because it all disappears into the ephemeral gossamer of nothingness from whence it came. I love that. And I love I love what you just said about how you attach yourself to a relationship where you didn't even know the person before. And I've always been amazed by that idea that one can be perfectly happy in the moment. You just feel so free and and everything's going well. And then maybe you get a phone call or someone says something to you or you read something on Facebook. And suddenly mm. you're in a totally bad mood. You're you're angry, but five seconds earlier you were at peace. So how is it possible that that can happen? Like you can go from happy to angry or from peaceful to sad based on something that just happened in time and space. And that, that's that happened. And nothing happened. Like you can actually see that you can stay centered in the middle of all of this activity. Like one of the the things that happened at the Jennifer Hadley retreat was I invited someone to come up who had a thing. I said, who has a thing, a problem, a pain, a symptom that you would like to work with me? It can be anything. And so this woman raised her hand and she came up and she said, I'm congested and I'm not sleeping very well. And she's joyful while she's saying all of this to us. Like she's just, you know, happy. And so I don't really see the problem. And I, I actually said to the group, I said, okay, I don't, I don't know if I'm missing something here, but I, I don't really see a problem. So I turned back to the woman. I said, so what's the problem? She said, well, I have congestion. I said, okay, so you think there's a condition that would be better off than the one you're in. That's why you have a problem. And as if on cue, I started to be a little congested in that very moment. And all of a sudden, my nose started running a little bit. So I said, yeah, funny, I'm actually a little congested right now. And then I said, can someone please get me a tissue? And someone brings up a box of tissue and I blow my nose in front of everyone. And I said, no problem. Like, where's the problem? A little congested, I blow my nose, no problem. And I said, so you say you can't sleep at night, same thing. Like, where's the problem? It's only if you think you should be sleeping, then that's where the problem but if you were just to accept everything i loved what you said like if you just don't resist it there can't possibly be a problem because you're just in the joy of everything unfolding exactly as it is yeah and if you're in that moment uh, back to the rolling stones concert um what i observed was wherever they played you know, you, you're, they're playing huge arenas, huge, huge showgrounds. There's 100,000 people there every time. 
you know, they're playing in Argentina and Peru and you know, Cuba. And, you know, when it pans the crowd, here's, here's the Rolling Stones. They're all in their 70s. Right. They're having the best time. They, these guys have the <laughs> best time ever. Yeah. <laughs> and they're in the moment. And 100,000 people are so grateful to be there mm-hmm. in that moment with them with the songs that the Stones do. I'm not particularly a Stones fan, but I really enjoy what they do and how they do it. And what they do is they they heal by making happy. Yeah. And 100,000 people have 100,000 different ideas of problems, and all those are dissolved in the instant that those opening chords are played mm-hmm. of satisfaction in the instant that those guys start playing a hundred thousand problems disappear Mm. and they and you they pan across the crowd and you can see that nobody's thinking about um their particular ailment Mm. or the rent they've got to pay or you know all those little things that that uh, we carry around they're just in that moment so in the moment where is your problem it's, and the problem is something that we've manifested in our mind in a way to keep us from that present moment. Yeah. And you can, you know, you're not necessarily going to walk around ecstatically all day in, you know, like you would be at a Rolling Stones concert. But there is a way to be that allows you to see each and every moment as a fresh idea rather than um, carrying a burden of the past with you. Now, if you're sure, if you, you know, if you're sick, like seriously ill in the ideas of, you know, what the world calls, you know, cancer and, um, you know, or any of those other ideas, you're going to do what's in front of you anyway Mm -hmm. and you're going to deal with it the way that you deal with it anyway. And at some point you are going to deal with your mind and and how you think think about it and how you approach it. And um, it's going to happen to you and it's going to happen because the body does what the body does. It just, it's just moving around. It's doing stuff. Mm -hmm. The blood is flowing and things are growing and, you know, obviously you've heard stories of people loving their cancer and doing all those kinds of things, whatever it is, there's a point where you're confronting your own mind and recognizing what it is that you're thinking about, which is an idea of past or an idea of future. You're futurizing in a sense you know, when I'm sick, I'm futurizing my sickness into the worst possible case scenario. And yet that's not happening to me. I'm just here in the moment. Mm -hmm. The body does what the body does and the mind decides to attach itself to it in a way that makes you anxious or fearful um, or worried um, or you recognize that, in the moment that I'm at the Rolling Stones concert, everything disappears yep. and I'm free. Yeah. I love that. And that's the show. Thank you and good night. <laughs> it's so simple. This other woman got up and I, I said, okay, you know, what's the issue? And she said that she'd been diagnosed with osteoporosis and the doctor said it was getting worse and worse. I said, okay, and how do you feel? She said, I feel great. I said, so do you see how the mind, like the doctors say it's getting worse and worse, and yet you're standing here in front of me. I I said, you know, I, I was behind you this morning in yoga class and I didn't know your story. And I was just really marveling at your flexibility. And now you're standing here telling me you have osteoporosis. So it's it's just like in the moment when you check in with yourself and you recognize like, okay, wow, in the middle of whatever the mind is saying to me or whatever the diagnosis is, I can check in with myself. 
And even if you really do have a pain, for example, like let's just say that you really feel like it's it's unbearable. Even that's a mind game because you are bearing it. Like you, you can see like all the things that a person says. Like sometimes I'll get emails from people and they'll say things like, the pain is 24 seven. And I know for a fact, there's no 24 seven. The pain is, is it just, it doesn't work like that. But the mind convinces us that this problem is nonstop. But in those moments when the phone rings or you, you're just so, so present doing something else, washing the dishes, you realize, oh yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't have the pain and then you focused on it again and then it was back again. It suddenly was there again because your focus and attention and awareness went to it again. Mm. Yeah, recently I had a um, a really bad, it seemed like a, a nerve pain going down my right leg and the back of my knee felt like had this sort of uh, swollen feeling, I guess, but it was I guess it was attached to the hip and it might have been some kind of sciatica pain, but it was a nerve thing where I could almost not walk. Um, and, you know, but when I was, but then I'd go surfing. Right, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't feel a thing. <laughs> it was funny because it would just be gone because I was so in that moment and I would completely forget about it. Yep. And um, I, it just was not there. And then I would get out of the water and later on it would just, you know, sort of come back and be with me. And I didn't really do anything about it. I did a couple of couple of stretches and <laughs> I didn't do much. It lasted a couple of weeks, I think. Mm -hmm. And then it just – then I noticed it was gone. Yep. It just disappeared. It had – it literally just disappeared yep. as quick – as easily as it came. It wandered away. Yeah. See, I love stories like that where there is a time element because I think many people think, well, I'm I'm going to manifest a pain-free body or a perfect body or a perfect something, and it's going to happen now. But the moment of healing always does occur in the now, and then whatever happens is going to happen. And if you stop focusing on it, you might notice in a couple of weeks or even a year from now, it's like, oh, where, what, where is that thing? You don't even mm. know when it disappears. That's right. You recognize there's a point where you can recognize things that have fallen away and you go, and then you, you're sort of like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That was that. Um, but at the same time, you're, so you're, you're in this place, you're, you're in, what you perceive to be a, a body and what you perceive to be as pain. And then pain turns into an idea of suffering. And you want, in a way, you want others to join in with your suffering. But it's very difficult to do. You can't really join with someone else's suffering. Mm -hmm. You can only offer them the possibility of being present. Like back to the Rolling Stones. I mean, they're they're, they're healers. They're on they stage are. healing, yep. and they're not. And there's a hundred thousand Cubans, and there's a hundred thousand different people with different ideas and different problems and different scenarios, and they're not trying to join with them in their suffering. They're trying to. They're, they're taking them away mm -hmm. from that idea and saying, "Look, you know, here we are." Yeah. This is the moment, yeah. And we can enjoy this moment and through these songs, and everything can be forgotten. Mm -hmm. Now, whether you know somebody takes up their bed and walks away and is completely healed, is really not really the point. Mm -hmm. The whole the, the the point for me is always recognizing or recognizing the moment. And, and the divine direction of the moment. And it's the, it's the recognition, even in the mundane, of just being, just sitting, just being present, mm -hmm. where 
in the now, I just don't have a problem mm-hmm. unless I decide to start to look for it. And even then it's difficult to find. Right. I mean, you just nailed it with what you said is that in the moment when the music is playing and everyone's joined in that place, there really is no problem. But then what will happen is that when the concert's over, people pick their problems back up again. So you said they might not pick up their bed and walk out of there. But what I Mm. think happens is that they were healed in an instant. And then the mind goes and backslides, picks up the old problem from the past, and then thinks that time was continuous. But actually, Mm. there was spaces in there where you were free from the pain, free from thinking about the problem, totally eternal, limitless. But then the mind is just so habitual in saying, I'm a body, I'm a person, here's my problems, here's my story. And then you're, you just pick it up. And we don't really realize that that's just what the mind does. And so we can train ourselves to catch when we backslide, we say, oh, I just, I just am experiencing the pain again. Mm. But we don't have to, we don't have to, we can experience it as a new space. That's, that's how it has been for me. Like when I can say, oh, I'm, maybe I had a body symptom and then it disappeared and then maybe I experienced it again for a moment, but I don't attach it to the past and I don't, I don't think it's going to linger to the future either. Mm. Like I really have found a way to be so present in the moment and not, not thinking anything needs to be any different. That's been the change for me where it's like, okay, I'm whole, I'm perfect. I, the light, I, the love, I, the spirit, I, I that am has zero problems. Only Mm. the person Lisa who has a storyline can possibly have a problem. Mm. And I'm not that. So it's, it really is. I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. And it's mind training. Mm, mm. The the person is not who you are. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know who you are, then you must ask the question like a thousand times today. Who am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I? And, that will lead you to an inquiry and a possibility of seeing something outside of the realm of who I think I am Mm -hmm. and how I'm shaped. So, you know, we all talk about, you know, people talk about the idea that their past has shaped them and they do certain things because of their past and how they let's say, were brought up or, you know, what what kind of lineage they have. And this is all part of the illusion. This is all part of the myth that we've built up around ourselves that sort of tells us that, oh, no, this is, you know, this is it. This is who I am. Yep. Are you there? Rock and roll. <laughs> you know what's funny is that you were you you know you you ended on a brilliant point and then you were quiet and I was like quiet with you. Al was quiet and then it kept being quiet and then I was thinking, <laughs> I think maybe I lost Max in the internet window. <laughs> I uh, my battery ran out. Uh, okay, yeah, but you know it was it was really that's it. You know, just. Uh, <laughs> It was a it was a perfect moment of stillness. <laughs> and I had my eyes closed, so I didn't notice. I didn't notice either. I was just I usually I just jump right in and say something in back, but I was I was really just appreciating what you just shared there. And then I was just like enjoying the silence, and then all of a sudden I was like, I think the screen's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my battery went. and uh, funny. Got the in. But um, I don't know how far I got into that before. It before it uh, crept out, but mm. 
But yeah, so what I was I thinking was I was thinking about the David Hawkins work, you know, like how he talks about these slower moving energies of shame, blame, guilt, apathy, anger. Like he just calls them energy fields. Now we mm. call them, you know, real life situations that need to be dealt with. But if you were just to notice mm. everything as an energy field, and then you can recognize, oh, like I can choose a different energy field like gratitude or or compassion or love or peace or like you can always bring yourself back into the stillness and choose again. Like there's always that point of decision where you, you just say, oh, I don't really have to stay here in worry. It's not accomplishing anything. It's it's never done anything. Anger's never accomplished anything. So no. in that same place, you can you can really just be still an instant and choose again. Mm. I see how we you know we've been dis- we've we've allowed ourselves to be s- compacted into a box, which is the body. And exactly what you were saying, like the idea of, you know, it's just energy, it's just movement, it's just uh, a source of light, yet we've compacted it down into a body mm-hmm. and we've decided that without the body, we're nothing and no one, that without this attachment to who I think I am mm-hmm. and who I thought I was and who I think I'm going to be, then I'm nothing. And yet nothingness is the space in the present moment where everything really is. Mm-hmm. Outside of that or, you know, we, in, in the containment of the box is where you've manifested all these ideas of problems and ways of being and offense and anger and sickness and pain and the suffering where if you can slow that down and look within and ask the question, who am I? And just be with that without having any, without having a need even for an answer, just being, and finding that present moment because it's available to you mm-hmm. where everything stops. I mean, obviously it's available to us because, you know, we, as we said in the beginning, you can go to a concert and be totally transported in the moment because you're in that moment. You've decided you're in that moment. So if that's available to us, then in a manufactured idea, then it's available to us in each moment, in the mundane, in our everyday. And there's a way of also heading in that direction by stripping back and letting go of things that you think you're attached to, but you just have them. You know, their ideas or their things, or their places, people, places, and things, really. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can strip those back to an extent which allows you the time and the space to just be, Mm -hmm. then you'll see a whole different picture emerge. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And most people don't have the courage to do that because they think if if I strip back my needs and my wants and my desires and my you know, my hopes and my dreams and whatever, who am I? Like you, we've really been taught, like we need, we need to hold on to our goals and our, our visions and our needs and our wants. Like if I don't know what I need, how will I have my needs taken care of? So it always really comes back to a, a place of, of, I loved it. You called it a containment within the body. Like that's, that's really what it is. And and so it compresses, con, it's a compression of the energy fields 
And these situations in life are so beautiful because what they do is they disrupt the energy field. Though now the energy is not compressed anymore. It's not contained. Like if when someone dies or you get a cancer diagnosis or you have a car accident or you get an unexpected bill, like we've been containing the energy, like I'm fine, I'm good. I got it all under control. So we're managing the energy field and we're walking around in this containment trying to keep ourselves safe so that nothing disrupts the energy. But life isn't like that. Life is designed to disrupt the energy field. And so if we can just accept that and and recognize, oh, these are the very experiences that allow the energies to move, which is what really I want. Like I would, I would like for all of that compressed energy of fear and shame and guilt and worry and blame and judgment and attack thoughts and to, to be released from my mind. Mm. And life gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do that. But what we do as bodies, as humans, is we try to get our world back together as quickly as possibly can. We're afraid to just stand in the discomfort. And so the practice really is just to be in the middle of the worst pain ever, to be in the middle of your, your grief and not try to fix it, change it, heal it, improve it, understand it. Like, cause that's just trying to manage the energy. But if you just allow everything to be exactly as it is and just just really go like, okay, wow, like I'm, I'm in the middle of this thing that is making me afraid. What I have found is that in the stillness, you realize <clears throat> I'm not really afraid. Like, you don't know, I, I, for years I thought I was dying. You know, I can still remember. I was I was remembering years ago, Max. It was in two thousand and nine. I thought I was dying, and I said to you on the phone, "You were already back in Wisconsin. I mean, in Australia. I was in Wisconsin." I said, "Max, this is really it. I'm sure. I'm sh I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Probably a number of days." And and I know I'm 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 out of here. And you said to me, "Natoli." No such luck. And, you know, and that was a long time ago now. That was 10 years ago. But like I had this idea that I was going to die. And I had a lot of fear around it. You know, I haven't accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. And but well, that's you, an interesting idea as well. Yes, exactly. And so when you really just stand still in the fears and the mind activity, you come mm. to a place of peace is what happens. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, <clears throat> those ideas of needing to accomplish, I mean, and uh, believing in having to accumulate experiences, um, whether it's traveling or, you know, doing stuff or I've got to write that book or, you know, I need to do these things. You know, in a sense that's all fine. You're just doing them, but to, but to have the idea that you have to tick them off your list is sort of odd. It's odd to me. It doesn't make any sense in my mind that you, that you have things that you need to do here. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm not sure where they land once you've done them. And once you think, that it's an accomplishment mm -hmm. that will stand here in time when you're not here, whatever that means. Yeah. Like without me and without you, where is the world that you've built? Yeah. Without me, where is my world? I must I must know about it for it to exist. So if I'm not if I'm not participating, then it can no longer be. Yeah. It's you know, and that's that's each individual. If you know, it's the same question as who am I? It's the question of where is the world without me in it? And it really is a, a deep 
question mm-hmm. that allows you to start to see the ephemeral nature and the imaginary nature of everything that's going on around you, um, including your sickness and including your your different problems that you think you have. Um, and you start to remove attachment to them and allow them to float away um, and not repurpose them in your mind. Mm-hmm. In a sense, you, know, you, you one brings up these problems because they serve a purpose and each individual has different ideas of what that purpose is. But, you know, fundamentally it's a purpose to keep you from seeing who you really are, yep. from remembering, from remembering the divine, remembering the possibility of true freedom. Yep. Uh, it's a way of keeping you in chains. When you look at the the world in a way historically, you see that the human mind has never really changed. We've come up with some you know great technologies and ways of being. Um, and privileged lives, yet we, we we still function mentally in the same way as we did 100,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Still at war, we still have the same angers and pains and, and suffering. We still don't like other people. We still think, um, we still think uncivilized thoughts. Right. We're not civilized at all. We pretend to be civilized. Yep. Um, in our technologies and our niceties, but fundamentally we haven't changed. And in a sense that sort of shows you that, you know, you're running around in a circle, um, just constantly, um, reliving the same, the same scenarios over and over. Yeah. When really what you really want to do is, shoot out of that vertically in a way that gets you above it yep so you can see the imaginary nature of the world that you've made that's it that's my story and i'm sticking to it but it's that's that's really (laughs) it i love that you said you know we act civilized but we we don't we don't think civilized thoughts for many people Mm. you know i was thinking about A Course of Miracles and Lesson 79 and Lesson 80 from the workbook lessons. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. And it says we have only one problem, which is separation. I believe I'm separate as a body. It's my only problem. And this problem has been solved. I'm not separate. I'm not alone. And then... It talks a lot about the complexity of the problems. And so it says, let me recognize this problem so it can be solved. Try to suspend all judgment about what the problem is. If possible, close your eyes for a moment and ask what it is. You will be heard and you will be answered. And then lesson 80 says, let me recognize my problems have been solved. If you are willing to recognize your problems, you will recognize that you have no problems. Your one central problem has been answered and you have no other. Therefore, you must be at peace. So your only problem has been solved. Repeat this over and over to yourself today with gratitude and conviction. You have recognized your only problem, opening the way for the Holy Spirit to give you God's answer. You have laid deception aside and seen the light of truth. And what I love in this, I love the ending of this thing. It says, assure yourself often today that your problems have been solved. Repeat this idea with deep conviction as frequently as possible. And be particularly careful to remember to apply the idea for today to any specific problem that may arise. Say quickly, I love this, let me recognize this problem has been solved. So 
I love that because it's like you said, to be shoot out vertically, like you, you rise up out of the problem. Let me recognize this problem has been solved. So at first, for many people, it might seem like a game of make pretend. Okay, this problem has been solved. And also, it also seems seems like a game of uh, positive thinking. It might seem that it might seem about. that way at first, mm. but that's not my experience. Like my experience is, this follows along Jesus saying, "Pick up your bed and walk." Like mm. if you know you've been healed. And you can just really accept it. Okay, I'm healed. I don't have to think about this problem anymore. This problem has been solved. How would you show up then? You'd be completely brand new. Yeah, exactly. You are in an experience of unknowing, which is a great place to be. Yep. Because you already know that you have a problem. And you already know that you're trying to solve it. What if you stepped into the unknown and recognized your problem is solved, mm -hmm. which is something that you don't, initially you don't know, you don't, um, you can't fathom. Mm -hmm. And so you say, you, you may say to yourself, let me recognize my problem's been solved. And your next thought is, but no, my problem is it's too large. I have mm -hmm. too many things going on. And then again, you say, well, let me recognize the problem has been solved. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And I don't know what that means. But the whole nature of the world is based around you thinking you know what it is, mm -hmm. you contain it, you put it in a box, and you call it a body. And you work around discovering knowing rather than recognizing that there isn't anything that you know that you can hang on to mm -hmm. and make solid and say this is true. Mm -hmm. So the possibility of recognizing that your problem has been solved is available to you if you allow it to come in. Yep. Now, you know, you need a space. You need to allow yourself the space for that to occur. Yeah. And it can be in meditation. It can just be in the moment. It can be wherever you are right now. It can be while you're driving. It's just allowing yourself a moment where you have a field that's completely open mm -hmm. and you're not applying your usual answer to it because you know, when you say, let me recognize my problem has been solved, your mind will rush in with all kinds of answers to that idea. And you already know you have all those answers. You already know that. Like I know that, you know, my mind is going to tick over and, and give all kinds of solutions and non-solutions and, and reasons why that's not so and all those things. But if you can allow yourself a space where you open up to nothing occurring, let me recognize the problem has been solved and then have nothing occur, no thought that answers that statement. Mm -hmm. Just see what occurs. Yep. Allow to be there without your interference. Exactly. It's, because it's, the whole idea of sickness and pain and, and the body is an idea of interference of who you really are. Yep. Yeah, and to me, this is a very specific lesson, like a problem of health, the problem of no money. Like, let me recognize this problem has been solved because what we do is we stand before the problem trying to solve the problem, and then later when the problem is solved, I'll be different. So when I have more money, then I'll do more things. Then I'll do whatever. Or when I have, when the problem of, of failing health has been solved, then I will, whatever, fill in the blank. But to me, this mm. is the collapse of time where you move into a so-called future 
doing all the things you think you're going to do when the problem is solved now. And you're right. The mind just goes, well, I know I really have no money. Like, I'll just give you an example. Like last night when I got off the call with you, I started thinking about Joe Dispenza again. And I'm thinking, I really would like to go to that Portland, Oregon one this summer. It's his only U.S. seven-day advanced workshop. And it's really expensive and I don't have the money for it. But I thought, do I really want to go? I'm I'm not, I'm still a little bit on the fence on it. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. Like if, if I had the money... I would, it would be no question. I'd just go. I know it. I would just be like, yep, I'm going. But I was just playing with the idea. Like, okay, this problem has been solved. So I don't have the dollars in my bank account right now. But in thinking this problem has been solved, I went to his website and found out the dates, checked my calendar, like you start, you start kind of showing up in a new way, and that's just mm. one. That's just one example. And now I don't know what happens next, but I do that with everything. Like I had my life on hold for years because I just had, you know, body symptoms, and I finally just said, "Screw it! Like I'm not going to wait for these symptoms to go away. I'm going to do all the things that I want to do." No matter what happens to the body, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like mm. the body could fail me entirely. I'm still whole and perfect. I'm still joyful. I'm still grateful. I can still show up. I can still do all of these things. And that's the invitation. That's the invitation for everyone is to really see you're not a victim. There's nothing holding you back except for your own thinking. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, you're not a victim of the world that you see and the world that you experience and feel. Um, you experience yourself as a victim inside the idea of, of why me? Why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that is that is our victimhood. And why is it happening to you? No one knows. Yeah. This, the beauty of that, is that there's no answer. So you can stop asking the question. You could make up reasons why it's happening yeah. to you. Uh, it happens to me because, uh, well, genetically, you know, in my genes, uh, you know, my, my grandfather had this or my father had that, and so now I've got it. You know, you can make up those stories, but again, they're stories about it, and the stories about it uh, can be told in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You never know what's really true. They're just ideas that you've come up with. So, so you become a victim of your past history. Yep. Now, victim of the world I see. Now, I'm a victim of the world that that has been made for me, and I've appeared in, and. Um, and now this is happening to me because of past ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, my, past one of my favorite things, though, for that question, why is this happening to me, is something you and I have talked about a lot in the past, because I want it. Like there's that line in the course that says, what do you want? How do you know what you want? Look around you. Mm. This is what I asked for. Whatever I think I see is what I ask for and I can change my mind. I can really say, okay, that's enough of that. Yeah, you can, you can, you, you, you have to start at that point. What you have is exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. If, and that's a way of looking at it. I mean, there's no, there's no real reason why you're in the, in the situation that you're in. There's no underlying reason other than you're, you've made a world to keep you separate mm-hmm. from who you really are. That's yeah. the fundamental underlying reason. And that's uh, like a, a, a statement of reasoning. Uh, yet for each individual, it must become an experience and a new way of being. And the, and the new way of being yeah. needs a practice. And so if, if the initial idea of you're getting exactly what you want 
uh, is startling, then um, it requires that kind of inquiry rather than a reaction to that idea. And, but, and it takes a practice. And so you're looking at, you know, a practice. You're look, always looking at a way of practicing, practicing something new um, to get from uh, not playing an instrument to playing an instrument. It requires practice. So to get from the idea that you're getting exactly what you want to recognizing I'm getting exactly what I want. I know. <laughs> Excellent. I know. Uh, takes takes practice. Yeah. And um, and it doesn't mean – we're not, I'm not talking about, like, the things of the world. Um, what I'm talking about is – an experience of peace of mind mm-hmm. that where things occur and they don't rattle your peace. Um, and that's a practice. That's, that's, there's a place there where you must uh, make moves in the direction of that light, of that recognition. Yeah. And, mm, and this is one of the reasons I like the prodigal son story so much is because, you know, with that idea of getting what I want is that as humans, we have wandered away from our center. We've wandered away from home and we keep wandering further and further away into darkness. We keep trying to fix our problems. We keep thinking we can manage these situations. And the prodigal son story says you just keep squandering away your inheritance and you keep wandering further and further away from your true home, which is within. And so Jesus in A Course in Miracles, he's so great. He's like, look, you can choose whenever you want it to turn around, change your direction, make a decision and come on home. But most people just, they just don't dare to make that step. It literally is a turnaround. Like you have to turn completely your direction from the way you've been going which is doing things by yourself, having grievances, holding on to judgments, holding yourself together. And you have to go the opposite way now. You, mm-hmm. and, and so that's the place where, when I recognize I'm doing this to myself, all the conflict that I think I'm experiencing, this is coming from my belief in separation. And then that moment of, I don't want this anymore. I I can't go further into darkness anymore. And that's always the place of total surrender for many people. It's like, I I can't do it anymore. And Jesus invites us to try all the ways if we want. He's like, go ahead, try all the roads that you think you can, you can get success or, you know, whatever, whatever you think you want, go for it. And you'll find out it brings you nothing. Like I love Mm. Jim Carrey talks about, he says, I wish everybody could be a millionaire to find out that it's literally meaningless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think, you know, the other way is to, you know, go to a Rolling Stones concert and experience that and then Mm -hmm. recognize, wow, I can have that experience. I don't need to go to the concert. Yep. And I, I'm not necessarily going to be in that ecstatic experience, but that experience of forgetting, of forgetting this, mm-hmm. is available to me in each moment. Yeah, that's the practice. Yeah, forgetting to remember, forgetting so you can remember. Can you believe we've been on the phone for an hour? I, I can. It went like that. So, everyone, thank you for watching, and you really don't have to suffer, and you really do have no problems, and everything that you need is available to you, Course in Miracles, Stillness, it's all here. Do you have any final words for us, Max, before we sign off? Um, I have nothing else to say. I, 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 
I'm happy with what I said. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I just um, I just don't like seeing people suffer for no reason. I know. I'm the same way. Yep. Mm. Mm. That's really it. And um, everything is available to you in the moment mm-hmm. and allow each moment to be brand new. And that's possible. And ask yourself the question, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Let me recognize my problems have been solved and allow the space for something new to come in because it's there. And practice. Yeah. Practice it. Yeah. Practice it and practice it. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'm going to post this in a place where you can post comments underneath the video. Please write in and share with us whatever you would like. If you have something you'd like to see us share in the future, let us know. And I love you. Peace. Peace.